0: Hello and welcome to the Powered by Rock podcast. We're only speaking with the Sacramento indie rock band, Oh Lonesome Anna, about their incredible new album, Megadeth T, the process for creating it, and so much more. I got the chance to hear about this band through a press release for their single, Rushing Lattice, that had a music video accompaniment. And just from watching that video, I knew I had to learn more about this band and made sure to check out the full album when it came out. We'll talk more about why this band is so incredible and why I think you should be listening to them right after this. You're listening to the Powered by Rock podcast with your host, Isaac Kuhlman. The Powered by Rock podcast was created to help showcase some of the best rock musicians in the world and to pass on to future generations the rock music that has inspired rock fans around the world for decades. We want listeners to be able to hear great stories and life experiences directly from their favorite artists, as well as dig deeper into music theory and talk rock like no other show you've ever heard. This isn't about looking cool, it's about getting real and having a great time. Without further ado, let's start the show. hey everybody welcome to the power by rock podcast i'm really stoked to bring evan bailey the lead singer and guitarist from the sacramento-based band oh lonesome anna on the show today their new album mega death T is incredibly well crafted with lyrics that are at times pretty soul-wrenching so hey evan welcome to the show
1: hey isaac how you doing
0: good good so i think instead of going into your backstory first i want to jump into actually the album and then we'll go back to kind of the the band in a little bit but this album is really incredible in my opinion because it's Incredibly heartfelt, full of emotion, has a you know a great concept behind it as well. When I hear, I get when I hear it, I get visual stories that kind of like come to life. It's like I'm watching a movie or something in my head as I go through it. And the interesting thing is that you guys in the band didn't actually write most of the lyrics. So kind of clue others in who are listening on how this album came together, and then kind of how you kind of took lyrics, and and you also did write your own. But kind of talk about how this album kind of came together.
1: Yeah. So uh, uh, my one of my best friends, Johnny Allen, is a amazing writer, and um, I've been working with Johnny since I don't know. We were in a band together, kind of shortly after um, I got out of high school, and uh, we've been kind of doing things together since then. And uh, my uh, l- the last project that Ashley and I were in, uh, our bass player um, is called Sun Valley Gun Club, and um, uh, Johnny was writing uh, lyrics for that project as well. I think this might be the most extensive kind of collaboration that we've done. Mm-hmm. A lot of the uh, the entire concept and um, most of the baseline for the lyrics come from Johnny um, and Johnny's writing. And, and I think just like the way that I work is I'm... I don't, I oftentimes have difficulty thinking that things that I write personally have any value at all. (laughs) Um, And so I think it's a lot easier for me to see um, my friend who I believe in, who I love, um, it's a lot easier for me to see his writing as being valuable. And I think from there, I can kind of like start to structure songs that I think still have, um, uh, are worthy of you know, being put out put out into the atmosphere.
0: Yeah,
1: you know, um, and uh, it, it kind of gives me a place to start writing um, and a purpose for writing. Yeah. Um, and I think uh, the way I approached the last couple Sun Valley records and definitely the way I approached this writing this record was kind of like just what is the thing that I'm trying to say with the record? What is the record about? Um, yeah. And so Johnny had a, a series of poems that he sent me, um, and we were kind of discussing, you know, wh- what they meant and, you know, where they came from. Um, and a lot of this is kind of uh, basically Johnny's kind of diary diary writing is how how it started. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, I kind of got a core idea of uh, some things I wanted some some parts of, you know, because basically the stuff is, um, um, it's in prose format. Some of yep. it's a lot longer than the lyrics end up being. Um, he'll write out, you know, a page or two page sometimes, and I'll um, take parts of it, little lines, I'll kind of like mix things up, um, develop a chorus. Um, it's yeah. just easier for me to see, especially with words. It It's kind of become a part of the process that I have in songwriting to take something someone else has written and repurpose it as lyrics, kind of like, yeah. a, like a puzzle or something like that, Yeah. as opposed to just sitting down and writing a song. I think the way that a lot of people uh, start writing songs is they, you know, come up with some chords or something. And then they'll mumble some lyrics over the top of it. And then those mumble mumble lyrics will be uh, formatted into the lyrics of the song and they'll throw things away and keep things. Um, but I think the first thing I always think about here, especially lately when I've been writing a record or trying to think about how to write a record is, um, what are, what are we trying to say? What's the point of this? Why are we doing this? Um, and then in each song, like how does the song fit into the record? How does the, how does the structure, what is this song about? How does this song serve the record? Yeah. Um and yeah, yeah, I think just just thinking about it from a point of view of of what are we, what are we going for? What are we what are we saying? Um first, as opposed to I wanted to write a song. uh um, yeah. that's usually not the thing that I'm setting out to do, is I want to write about something. And then from yeah. there, the song kind of like comes into comes into frame. So that's yeah. kind of how out- the whole record was created and usually the way it works is there'll be a there'll be like a linchpin song where mm-hmm. you know the first song i think that was kind of like uh kicked around was uh megadeth T that's yeah. kind of the first song that was that i was working on for this that kind of made the whole um album make sense and then you know later on in the process some of the other songs kind of like fall in place um, because maybe you want a song that does a, has a particular function within the record, um, yep. but r- rarely at all lately have, have I have, do I think about just writing a single song. Usually it's what the whole the big picture kind of a thing. It's kind
0: of yeah. The, and I was gonna say we kind of talk about the concept because from what I can tell, most of the album is about. Um, kind of like this relationship with a stepdad who beats the mom and b- basically mistreats the son. I assume it's autobiographical of Johnny Allen's life, um, from what I can understand. And and I remember a quote that you had mentioned somewhere about your reason for using the prose of his work from the Dirty Road was basically he's he's saying it better than you thought you could which I thought was pretty interesting, you know, and it's a perspective most people, especially lead singers and songwriters are like, no, I'm, I'm, I'm the greatest songwriter in the world or whatever. Um, but his perspective and writing style are pretty stark and in your face, kind of like a Hunter S. Thompson or something like that, where, you know, he won't back down from language just to like make a point or just to tell the reality of the story. So other than being like a close friend of his, what kind of other things about his writing kind of drew you to uh, especially this particular one from The Dirt Road?
1: Um, I, th- I think that for me, um, people are, th- I'm, I'm interested in people. Um, mm-hmm. and I, and I, I love people. Uh, I like, you know, I think they could be really interesting. Uh, they have, uh, different stories. Like if you ask them, um, seeing the world from someone else's perspective, I think is really exciting for me. Um, and, uh, Johnny's writing is just, um, it's like you said, it's visceral and descriptive in a way that's inspiring. Um, and it, especially for this and, and also the last Sun Valley, uh, gun club record. I, I, um, I kind of just let him determine, um, the framework for the records, because, uh, what he had come up with the words that he written, I consider to be so powerful that I, I just wanted to kind of be a conduit for the, for the words, sure. um, and try to get in the way as little as possible. Um, so I think it's a, hopefully it's a good compliment, uh, our our two styles. For sure. Um, some, sometimes I worry like about general vibe, or if I've got like the vibe wrong. For yeah, a particular thing. But it but it, it is a lot easier for me to structure music around words that are in existence, as opposed to, you know, coming up with my own words, which is it's possible, but I just don't consider myself as adept as Johnny at, you know, bringing, you know, that uh, kind of vivid imagery like it, it, his imagery is just uh, spectacular so sure. it, it's in it's inspiring
0: yeah and I, one thing i always think is interesting when people take prose writing and put it into you know musical you know songs and stuff like that is how do you find the meter the proper meter to play you know because most music is you know four four three four some form of a fourth uh, you know four meter timing four beat timing how do you find the meter when you're trying to actually play the song and then sing it as well because it's not like you know they don't stop and end anywhere right like so you have to kind of find pieces and, and chunk it down so how did you go about that with this with this particular uh, you know set of lyrics
1: yeah like i said we, we've been doing this for a while and um in this kind of this structure um and the way that it usually happens is that there'll be a line that'll kind of stick out. And then from there I'll, the line will kind of like inspire a melody of some kind. Um, and then, uh, it can kind of be like a, a point, a point like a, a point to stake down gotcha. say, okay, this is, this is the line we're going to structure things around. And sometimes it goes very, very like fluidly from there um and and sometimes it is i'll have to think about stuff kind of leave it sitting for a while um and uh come back to it look at other parts and sometimes i take different things from different parts that he's written um you know because again this it's it can be very um the prose can be you know a couple pages or it could be a couple lines so um, there's no format there, but I, but I think that's probably a little bit helpful in my mind because then I, I'm not really just like trying to adapt a set of lyrics that are, you know, here's the lyrics, now adapt these to music. Yeah, It allows me to kind of take the, use the melody um, from the particular line to structure the rest of the song. Yeah. And then there'll sometimes be lines that I want to fit into the song that will also make the song kind of go into different directions, than probably I would have taken it if I was just writing like, you know, a structure, uh, because there might be a line that kind of like doesn't fit somewhere quite right. And then things have to change around to kind of uh, accommodate the line. So it's like a more interesting process for me than just writing, you know, a Ramon song or something, which,
0: yeah, yeah is, first chorus first, could, chorus first chorus first
1: chorus it could, chorus, it could be done <laughs> uh yeah yeah uh, it's just it's not that inspiring
0: yeah and i think the one cool thing is that you actually put the original like prose lyrics next to the you know the the lyrics of the actual songs on the you know for the album and for the songs so you can actually see the story next to it and then where you kind of you know, the the, the the lyrics don't go in the same order necessarily. Sometimes you pull from the bottom and bring to the top and kind of tell the story in kind of like, you know, a Quentin Tarantino out of order kind of way. That still totally makes sense. It's just, you know, you use it that way to kind of make the song work because you couldn't sing the prose or play the prose as is because it just, it wouldn't flow very well, right?
1: Yeah, well, I appreciate, like, one of the things that I um, uh, was impressed about you um, that impressed me about you is that you actually took the time to um, um, consi- consider and like figure these things out, yeah. I, I, I put, I'll we put a lot of stuff out there, you know, and, it, and it's sort of like on our website, it's all kind of laid out, but so much of music, as you know, is um, uh, the connections you have should be um, more. Um, they should have more eyes. Like, you know, if you're interviewing someone, um, they should be bringing eyes to you. Yeah. And if you're being interviewed by someone, you know, you're always looking to find the person with no more notoriety as a, yeah. as a contact. And I think it, because of that, and because this band doesn't have basically any notoriety at all, um, it's. I think it's one. It's an easy thing to pop off a review and say it sounds like something else, or yeah. you know, it's got a cool vibe or something like that, or whatever your boilerplate writing is. Yeah. It's harder <laughs> to actually consider what someone is, else is trying to do. Um, it's yeah. harder to to like dive in. You know, you actually reached out to me and asked me a, a question. Yeah. You know, and it, we had, I don't know, 10, 15, 20 uh, pieces of coverage on the record. And you're literally the only one who did that. Yeah. I mean, no one else d- decided they wanted to get in any deeper than like whatever boylu played kind of communication or questions or, you know, um, normal uh, uh, writing, you know, Template that they used for their reviews, and, and that yeah. was kind of like good enough. If if you're if you got a bigger profile, I think probably you have more um, scrutiny. But I, I appreciate you taking the time to even like consider this stuff.
0: Yeah, it, it means, I mean... it means a lot. One thing I think separates me between a lot of people who write about music is that I also play music and have played music since I was 11. And most people are, you know, it's like critics. If you've never done it, you can't really say much. You have your own opinion, sure. But you can't then go out and say, well, this is, you know, good or bad. Like, if you like it, that's that's one thing. You can say, I like it or I don't. You can't just sit there and trash on somebody who's put, you know, a lot of time and effort into something without actually knowing what the hell's going on. And I think when, especially a concept album comes out, It immediately is to me, I'm like, when I see a concept album, I'm like, okay, well, let me figure out what the concept is here. And then I want to hear, like, what's being, you know, brought out. Like, is it a new voice? Is it, is there something meaningful here? And with you guys' album, I I can't remember what I rated it, but it was like a 4.7, 4.8, 4.9, somewhere in there. And I'm like, this is one of the best albums I've heard all all year. And regardless of how many people have listened to it or who have heard of your band, I think more people should listen to that kind of stuff because songwriting is almost a lost art form these days because you can, you don't have to be a good writer to write music anymore. You just copy and paste. You could literally copy and paste words from anywhere and then just put a beat behind it and you could make millions of dollars. So, you know, when people actually spend the time to do that, in my opinion, it's a lot more valuable for me to go in there and dig into it because somebody's doing the hard work. Why don't you put the hard work back into it and try to figure it out? So, for anybody who's doing stuff like, and when, when I do this podcast, a lot of people are like, Oh man, you, you actually did some research on us. I was like, what do you think? I was just going to come on here and be like, Oh, tell me about your band name, which I will ask you about, because I know I've done some research on that too. But uh, normally I don't ask about band names cause that's really pointless. And who cares? Like band names are band names, but we'll talk about your band name in a little bit. But um, overall, I think, you, you know, you did a great job with the album. The, uh, and, and I told you this is that one of my favorite songs is I've got, I've Got Your Blood, which is a song that you actually wrote, uh, which you told me is kind of about your grandfather who died before, or when you were really young or kind of before you were born. And you kind of connected him through like song and stories of him. Um, You know, the songs kind of carry, the song carries a legacy of of the family name and blood in some way. And I told you it's a great song. It was a song that, uh, you know, when I heard it, made me think of my grandpa, but also like just, I've known my grandpa until he died, which was seven, eight years, 10 years ago, maybe now. Um, but can you talk me through the process behind that song? Because, you know, that's a bit different than taking somebody else's words. And, and what does that song mean? Obviously, it's more personal uh, to put on this record. Yeah,
1: I, um, that's something that I, um, when I write uh, lyrics, I think oftentimes when I, when I write the lyrics, it's sort of like backwards of how it works when I'm working on somebody else's words. Sure. And it, and it, and in this case, I had the riff actually and a melody. Um, and I didn't know what the song was about. I, and, um, I think we were, uh, my partner and I were walking around a cemetery and I was thinking about how, um, you know i never met my grandpa but um he's buried somewhere yeah. and uh i don't know uh just this thing of like do, in some way maybe you know even if you don't know the people um that um you know you, you your your uh, ancestors you know even if you don't know you know your great 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 you know, grandparents or whatever. Um, Are they like you? Are you are you similar? Like, do you know them by knowing yourself? Um, And I I think that was like, kind of the genesis of, of that song was um, the the music had been kicking around for a while, but um, I didn't know what it was about. And so it wasn't really, I didn't really have a reason to finish the song. Yeah. Uh, sometimes i'll come up with little um pieces of melody or something like that when i'm walking around but if if i don't have an idea of what the song is what what the song means or what i'm trying to say then it's just i'll just kind of shelve it um, i used yeah. to write all and record all those pieces um but i just don't anymore um i kind of just i'll keep them around in my head if they're good and if they're not then i'll just forget them and it's, it's cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I don't, I don't ever sit down to write a song. Um, I'm, I'm never thinking like, Oh, I need to write something right now. It's usually just like, the, the um, meaning has to be first. Uh, yeah. But that was kind of an exception. I, I did have a, a kind of a basic uh, structure and melody and chords and, and stuff for that song. So nice. um, it just took a while. Um, I needed something to uh, kind of spark that. Yeah, and I think for me the uh, the album, you know, the concept for the record is like um, or what I kind of consider the concept to, of the record to be is um, what influences you or what you experience when you're young, that you bring with you um, that kind of continues to impact you um, what you deal with, like what you try to discard, um, mm. and what you can't discard, um, you know, in the case of like a band that you like, it, it doesn't continue to impact you, even if you discontinue listening to them, but it's a lot easier to get rid of a band shirt than it is your own DNA. So,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> and, uh, and, and I think that's kind of where that, that song kind of fits into the picture.
0: Yeah. And speaking of band shirts, I should mention that obviously the title Megadeth T is not because you're a heavy metal band. Uh, you're not, you know, uh, you know, trying to go out there and make hard rock music. It's actually from part of the story, right? So, like, I think it was, uh, I can't remember exactly what character or what person in the story had a Megadeth T, but that, that was kind of like the center point of why that was called that. It wasn't like you're writing a song about Megadeth. You're not inspired by necessarily their music or anything just to make that clear, if anybody's picking up this album and going, Oh, Megadeth, I love them, and then they press play and they're like, What the holy shit, this is not Megadeth! So, you
1: know, what's interesting about this is, um, <laughs> even though I'm not a fan of uh, of Dave Mustaine, yeah. uh, you know, in the to say the least, uh, he's he's kind of like this alt right troll, uh,
0: yeah.
1: kind of like uh, <laughs> odious personality, um, and I'm, I've never been a fan of Megadeth, uh. I did kind of like, after this song kind of came to be, I did kind of like look into um, um, the music of Megadeth. And um, there's some references to uh, some Megadeth lyrics in the song Megadeth Tea. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: I, uh, I kind of like stumbled into this, like, group of people that like Megadeth but are ashamed to admit it (laughs) and they'll uh I've had a lot of interactions with bands since we released this that are kind of like secret Megadeth fans um (laughs) that don't they don't really disclose that to anybody but they were yeah they would tell me about it so it's kind of an um that's kind of been an interesting part (laughs) of this journey is kind of finding out who are the Megadeth fans um yeah so yeah just a interesting kind of (laughs) little aside there
0: that is pretty funny one thing I do want to bring up uh this is kind of a little bit off topic and it was actually based on a concept I kind of learned about when I was going in college going to school taking songwriting uh there was essentially like a I don't know if it was a viral story or what, and this is, this is related to the song I've got your blood, but not necessarily about you or about you writing about your grandpa, but there was a story about how, uh, you know, a female student, you know, writes a project uh, it's for a writing project, you know, writes a whatever kind of project for her writing class um, gets a B plus, even though she's a top student has really good, you know, everything she does is like phenomenal or whatever. And then a poor student, uh, not a poor, like, or like a bad student, I should say, a bad student, who's a, a male, writes one story about his grandpa dying, and then he gets like an A. And then when the female student confronts the teacher about it, I was like, this guy has, is not a good writer. His story was pretty cliche, and, and it's like a trope. Uh, why did you give him an A? And he's like, well, it's it's I expect you to write well, but I don't expect him to write well. So it was like good mm-hmm. for that person, right? So I was just curious, like, do you think that there's like a a real bias towards men showing emotion? Cause it's like, we don't do it on a day-to-day basis maybe. And do you think that like, when we actually sit down to write like a story or a a poem or a song that it kind of means more somehow, or is that kind of just all in our own heads? and, And maybe it's like just males that are driving that, that kind of, uh, kind of, I guess, ideology. I hadn't
1: considered this. Um, I don't know. Um, I do find in my, uh, personal life that when you express emotion, um, sometimes, especially, I think, um, you know, I'm, I'm older and I think, um, uh, younger people are sort of like a little better at this, a little better at like, um, expressing their emotions or talking through things. Um, but there's definitely been times in my life where, um, especially men have been outright hostile to me because I've expressed my emotions to them yeah um, and I think that's something that um, uh, I think that's some some part of this like idea of of toxic masculinity um sure. you know where men are are can be sort of like um, um, antagonistic toward the expression of emotions but i yeah. I, I don't know if I'd ever considered um, that maybe as an outlet song isn't acceptable. Um, because if the, if the, on one hand you're expected to not show emotion in public, then on the other hand, if you're Chris Caraba, you know, that yeah. that's acceptable to do that in song form. I don't know. Yeah. It's actually an interesting thought. I, I, uh, I don't know. Yeah. I haven't considered it, but it's, it's interesting.
0: Yeah. And and I, I kind of also brought up because I, obviously for most of the album, you're, you're not using your own lyrics. So I was curious, do you think that maybe subconsciously Johnny's lyrics may hold more weight and resonate with you more because it's from, you know, male perspective than say if a, a female writer, or is that something you couldn't really tell or know for sure? Because you just, it, you know, you haven't been inspired in that way by a, a close personal friend who's a female writer.
1: Yeah, we're very close. And I, I think the writing relationship we have is, um, is we we had to write together for a really long period of time to get to mm-hmm. this place. You know, like a lot of the first stuff that we wrote together was not very personal. Yeah. So I think it took, it took a long time for this relationship to get to the point where, you know, we could have, where he felt comfortable sharing those kind of details in a way where I, th- I think he wasn't, maybe as concerned about me kind of like hacking it or you know maybe he felt felt more trusting of what I would do with, with, with yeah. it. Um, so, so I think there has to be like a lot of trust there in order to get to the place where you would need to write something like this, especially um, uh, but I worked with you know um, different people um, you know, uh, in different capacities. And I think that it will, a less personal thing. It just depends on the individual, you know, yeah. it depends on who it is. It depends on like what they're willing to share. Um, I think if I could put myself in the, in their shoes or kind of understand like the background of what, um, they're trying to say it, I think it's possible. Just in this instance, it took a long time for us to get our relationship is. We've been doing this for a while, and um, it took a long time for that to develop. That kind of like yeah. trust doesn't just happen overnight. Um, yeah. So.
0: Yeah. yeah, and it wasn't like a critique on whether or not you're only going to draw from men's point of views or anything like. It's more just like curiosity. Is like, you know, I wonder, like, because actually, recently, uh, well, I shouldn't say recently. About a year ago, actually, I, I did a music video. I just took some like. Photo stock or some stock video stuff, and put it to an old song that I had. And in my head, when I wrote the song, it was about my dad and how he wanted to be a pilot. And so basically, I wrote it about how he wanted to be, in this particular instance, an astronaut. But it didn't, I didn't write it from my dad's perspective. I wrote it from a male perspective, like basically me and talking about family and stuff like that. And then the person crashes or burns up upon reentry because the kind of shuttle explodes. Um, but when I went to do this video, it was very interesting because I didn't find any stock video of male astronauts. I only found ones of female astronauts. So I was like, actually, this kind of hits harder, and it's even more uh, in it like uh, internalized for me if it's a, it's a, if it's a female who's talking about their family back home and stuff like that. And I was like, that just changed my entire perspective of my own song that I wrote 25 years ago. And I was like, holy shit, Like, just by changing the, the main character to a female, Visually, kind of changed the entire meaning of the song for me when I watched that video. Now, I was like, this shit makes me want to cry. <laughs> like,
1: <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, we're, 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 you know, I, like I said, I think people are inspiring to me. And I think um, yeah. that, gen, you know, gender um, is just one cross section of the, how we can relate to each other. Yeah. Um, and there's all kinds of ways. That you can relate to somebody else um you could have um similar interests of so something sure. stupid is similar interests or like a similar profession like in the case of like being an astronaut so and those those are silly um silly ways that we could be the same but um yeah you know i i i don't um i don't you, you can always like from any perspective right you can always look and see how you're different from somebody, but you can also see how you're the same as them.
0: Yeah, exactly. And, and I think overall. that's a good point because I think, especially with songwriting, you don't try to create a you try to create a personal experience that is, uh, you know, widely accessible emotionally or spiritually or whatever for you know a lot of people, right? So it's not like you're just writing this is about me and nobody else will care. Like you and get I, it because I, somebody else has an experience. What?
1: I think I think in a way like the 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 um the satisfying thing for me about you know working with Johnny is how much I love him and how much like in a way I'm sort of writing for him. Yeah. Like I'm not writing for you know uh you know Joe the plumber in Ohio or something like and I don't really care what Joe the plumber has to think about these lyrics cuz of like johnny's happy then ultimately like i think i did a good job yeah i think it's a lot easier for me to like look in somebody's face and be like do you like this and to feel satisfaction in that as opposed to trying to get satisfaction of you know marketing some song or something somebody i've never met before yeah um it's like if you like the stuff and you are excited by it or you're in inspired by or it touches you in some way. I'm, I'm I'm really thankful for that. But it's like, it's too much for me at this point in time in my life to think about trying to uh, cater to somebody I've never met before think about what they want to hear or think about what their life is like, it doesn't matter. Like, uh, it's much easier, and much more satisfying, I think, for me to think about like, how can I write a song for someone specific? Like how How specific can I make this song um and like can I touch someone's life that I actually know yeah. um and I think I found that in this kind of like songwriting journey, I guess that I'm still on is um that that to me is has been the most rewarding part of writing songs It's not you know here <laughs> a long time ago um they had a and they still do have these things on, the, on the uh, like submit hub and all these things, right. Where um, you can pay to have your song critiqued by somebody else.
0: Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of times. Usually backfires when you do that.
1: Yeah. We had, it's an interesting experience. If you've never done it, you should. <laughs> um, It's, it's a, it's, nice to have someone like yourself, like actually spend time and think about, you know, Oh, what does this mean? Or, you know, how does it fit together? Like that is rewarding. And it's, it's, um, personally rewarding for me, but I, but I think it's a lot more satisfying or personally satisfying or, um, uh, complete part of the thing of making music, right. Is that you make it and then you present it. Yeah. And there's, it's half, it's this half and half thing where you making it feel sort of incomplete. You know, um, just writing a song and putting it on a hard drive somewhere, it feels incomplete in some way. And so I think present being able to present it to someone who I could get immediate feedback from in a way where it's like, it could be meaningful to them in their lives, like personally, and actually, um, significantly impact, impactful, that's yep. extremely rewarding as opposed to like submit hub when you're going to send out your song and be like, do you like me? And then, yeah. you know, you're going to find out, no, nobody likes you actually, <laughs> <laughs> you know, when I feel like nobody a lot cares, of the times like,
0: they pick apart stuff like, oh, the mastering on this was like, not great. Or I was like, I mean, don't worry just, about that. Like, just listen to the music, man.
1: <laughs> so much of the stuff is just, uh, you know, I think a lot of people, lose sight of why they're especially in writing i mean i think that's a, such an interesting game of like um creating content about about music because i know why i i make music um for people like yourself that make content about music now that i've been doing this you know trying to promote in some way what i've you know been involved in for like more than a decade now I've seen a lot of people who do this and then just immediately stop doing it. Yeah, because it's very thankless. It's like a thankless existence. And (laughs) I think you have to be very considered about why you're doing the thing that you're doing in order to keep you continuously able to make stuff and continuously able to come back to it. Because if you're doing it to make, you know, a, 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 a retirement fund, like stop, you know, yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're doing it because you genuinely love it. And, and again, I think that's something that's like, w- that I immediately was able to pick up on from you is that nice. yeah. you genuinely, genuinely like music. You genuinely yeah. are interested in it. Um, and, and as long as that's rewarding, I think, you know, you have a thing to do this for. So it, it's yeah. like, it's a, uh, it, it rings so, Hollow and I think a lot of people just get in and they're like, oh, I can make a thousand dollars a month if I review eight thousand songs. And then it's like uh it uh, just seems like wow it's punishment things <laughs> that you could be spending your time on.
0: Yeah. Uh
1: you know, anything, learn to garden or something. I don't know. Yeah.
0: yeah. Well I, I always I, I jokingly may or may not have said this to my wife, and I don't think she took me seriously, but um yeah, I've been together with her for 11 years, been married for six years. And I told her that I've loved music a lot longer than her. So if it comes between me and music and her, I want to pick music.
1: <laughs> if, if it's something that's providing you, especially during, I think the last couple of years, I think it's like it was, it became clear, like the value that music serves in my life and like yeah. the, the, the benefits that it provides, um, And and I think as long as it's doing something useful for your soul, as long as it's like a way for you to be um, happier or more content, um, yeah, that's, it's immeasurable how important that is, really is,
0: you know, if you can just sit down and play some music for a little bit and that's like a release from stress anxiety, you know, from losing your mind or whatever. Like that's a pretty powerful thing where, you know, a lot of people would just be like, Hey, can I get some medication for this or whatever? And it's like
1: hundred percent, a hundred percent to have that <laughs> as an outlet is, is like I said, it's, it's, it uh, it's immeasurable. You can't, yeah. you can't put a price on what that's doing for you. So, you know? Yeah.
0: yeah. So let's talk about some more of the, the, I guess the, what more people would maybe like to hear about is, is, because not everybody's a songwriter and not everybody cares about what songs are right, I guess, but,
1: Oh, well, we can keep talking about it though. I yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know, I know.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you're excited by. Is, is, yeah. Yeah.
0: But I want to, I want to know more about the recording process and you guys did the videos okay. basically in the same place or space. I think that you actually recorded the music if I'm not mistaken, but like, yeah. So here's talk the, to me it, about it, how you guys did the music videos and the recording of the album as well.
1: Yeah. I think that the, I have like a few little picadillos and one of them is I just generally don't enjoy, um, for myself, uh, pantomime music videos. Yeah. Um, and I think, especially as I've gotten older, I think it's, it's a, uh, definitely useful tool in the times in the past we've done pantomime music videos. Those are the ones that get the most views. Yeah. Um, and I think the reason is people, um, like to see what they've already seen before. Um, and they want to see you like in a familiar light. They want to see you presented in the way that they're comfortable with. Um, and the, um, it's just something I don't like. Um, and, and like I said, especially that I've gotten older, it's, I like it even, even less. So the record is the record. Um, it was recorded, uh, with our. Good friend Jack Shirley at the Atomic Garden in Oakland. That's where the main tracks were recorded, and we do everything kind of like live, basically. Yeah. Um, vocals are overdubs, um, background vocals are overdubs, and then like any sort of like what I kind of like call frosting, you know, like little ear candy kind of stuff.
0: Bells like, or chimes or something, whatever. Yeah.
1: Those are the kind of things that um, keyboards. We added some keyboards later on, some auxiliary percussion, that kind of stuff. Those are the things we recorded. Um, where we recorded the live videos, um, but the live videos are a totally different thing. Um, they were record. That's another version, another recording of the song. Yeah. Um And it was mixed separately, um, so it's it's a completely different version um, of those songs. And it was recorded at our drummer's recording studio, um, uh, Zach Zach Peach uh dream cabin sounds that's where we did the uh the live video so nice it's kind of a totally different totally different thing um, yeah, it's and just, I... just to have some visual uh correspondence to the album um yeah i think it's it's useful
0: and i think when you said you know the, the i was going to say that when you said that you know you don't really care about what Joe, the plumber from Ohio thinks about the music necessary is going to say the title of this episode should be Evan Bailey doesn't care what you think about his music. <laughs> I mean, I like
1: <laughs> in the, some way I deeply do, but I think it's yeah. the least healthy thing for me to consider. So yeah, I, don't, say- I, tr- I just don't, I, and I, and I think actively sometimes I just, I, I'm trying to put up walls in between, uh, things that I'm involved in and, and other people. Just yeah. because I, I, I just generally um, someone who's not going to think about it a little, you know, even a little bit, or just wants to listen to music while they do the Peloton. I, yeah. I don't necessarily even want them listening to stuff that I made. It's yeah. kind of not for them.
0: Yeah. Well, I'll say the kind of the visual epitome of that is in I can't remember which video it is, but you're kind of sitting in bed just playing guitar and singing along, and it's like that's how little I care about. The the music video presentation factor right now is because I'm literally sitting in bed. <laughs> I
1: like that it comes off that way. That's
0: yeah. Nice. <laughs> so I know we got a little bit of a time crunch here. Uh, I I do want to ask you a couple questions because I did say that I want to ask you about the band name because I know that you actually named it after a flower. I think it's the California state flower from memory. So so and plus the, the song. Uh, it, well, go ahead. Just kind of explain it so people understand it.
1: Yeah. I don't know. It's just kind of overthought probably. Um, I was trying to think of something that's kind of, uh, that was kind of floral. Um, and, uh, is, a. I um, I was thinking about manzanita, but that idea of calling something like manzanita or the manzanitas like just sounded awful. So, um, it's a type of manzanita that grows in the Santa Cruz mountains. Um, and um, so it's like sort of like a portmanteau of the song Oh Lonesome Me. And I think the other thing too, I was thinking about a lot with this project is kind of like folky kind of song construction or like bluegrass yeah. kind of uh, chords. Um, and uh, and I, I think that was where that idea of that Don Gibson song Oh Lonesome Me kind of like came into the, and they're kind of similar. Um, and then at a certain point, I was just gonna call it Oloneana or Olone Anna, but yeah. uh, someone told me it sounded like uh, the Sacramento band Oleander, and oh yeah, and I yeah. I was like I don't want to be associated with Oleander, so <laughs> I mean, not that there's anything wrong with Oleander. It's just not yeah. kind of my bag. That's all. Yeah,
0: well, on that you don't really ever want to kind of be mistaken for another band just because you're from the same area and sound the same. I don't have the it's same not- similar name.
1: It sounds, it has a similar sound to it, and I think, um, yeah. I think the old band, you know, Sun Valley Gun Club, I think we had so many questions about the band name, and I, I didn't consider how many questions we would get about the band name, and it just yeah. became like this big talking point about, you know this band, what does this band's name mean? And like, what does it represent? And it's it suppose just, in
0: California, they just want to make sure that you're not like some hard, right, like, you know, gun toting, crazy maniacs or something. Well, I way.
1: mean, one of the things I found with that is like that um, there's a lot of Sun Valleys. And so we oh, would yeah. play different places and they'd ask, <laughs> is it about our Sun Valley? Yeah. Uh, you know, is it is it is it about this one here or this one here or this one here? so, yeah.
0: Sometimes kind of like really, The Simpsons, how they're from Springfield, and every state has a Springfield.
1: Yeah, it's kind of just like <laughs> oftentimes like really dumb questions that you get, or just like underthought yeah. questions. Um, but yeah, I I wanted it to be something pretty, um, pretty yeah. sounding. So
0: cool. So let's talk about upcoming stuff. Do you guys have any new music that you're going to promote? Uh, play any shows? Anything like that? Obviously, the album came out. I want to say maybe August or September. I can't remember exactly. Yeah, we but put it out in July. Months. I think uh, yeah.
1: we'll probably start getting together again to work on new songs pretty shortly. Um, we're starting to work on the next thing, I think, coming up here. Um, and uh, yeah, other than that, we'll just play shows when it makes sense. Um, and uh, if we can all get together to play shows. Um, so yeah, I'm kind of being a little low key on the shows thing. Sure. If, we, if you know, you really like the music and you want us to play, like we'd probably do it. Um,
0: yeah, and I know that you have played, uh, you know, like Reno, you play in the Sacramento area. You kind of go up and down a little bit of the California coastline there. But, um, yeah, I mean, I would love to see you guys play at some point. So if you ever make it all the way to Vegas, I'll uh, make sure you guys have a place to play or something.
1: Would love that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah.
0: And then obviously we'll add some links to, you know, all the music and everything below the, the episode here, but do you have anything that you'd like to just say shout outs to anybody or anything that you want to say before we go today?
1: Oh, just, uh, you know, uh, if, if anybody, uh, from the band, uh, Oh lonesome man, I watched this, <laughs> thanks for, <laughs> thanks for playing with me. I love, you yeah. uh, <laughs> Jacob, Ashley, Zach, very, uh, talented people talented musicians I'm just thankful to be able to play with them
0: yeah and I mean like I said the, the record is amazing I think everybody should check it out I have one last question for you before we go today other than sure. Oh Lonesome Anna what new music or what new song or what new album from like this year would you recommend people check out
1: oh yes yeah. so I've been listening to some old stuff and I can't remember if it came out last year uh, but this band um, uh, Spirit was okay um, I don't know if you've heard of them um, they have a record called uh, "Heaven's Just a Cloud," um, which I love a lot. It's probably my favorite thing. Um, it might have been released last year, but I got the vinyl this year, so I've been sure. listening to it pretty heavy. Um, yeah, nice. That's kind of, kind of. I've been listening to like a lot of um, older stuff. I've been listening, going through Prince's uh, catalog. Is just I had never heard. Um, uh, the new power revolution stuff. Um, so I've been going through that stuff. It's all wonderful. Um, there's a country artist, Fred Eagle Smith from Canada. Somebody introduced me to that. I've been listening to a lot. Um, Christian Lee Hudson's like a folk folk artist. Um, okay. Yeah. I don't know. Just Just a few things here and there. Yeah.
0: Nice. Well, I always pass when somebody says here's a country artist, but other than that, I'll probably check out the rest of them. <laughs> uh f-
1: f- freddie will smith sort of a weirdo and um okay. i think more like a folk folk really like a folk artist
0: yeah um it's not that i hate country music in its in its own right it's just i grew up around country music so much that like i'm just like it's just like snow i don't want to be around snow because i'm like i grew up in the snow so i don't want to be near snow anymore
1: yeah it's nothing <laughs> like new country it's it's more like folky uh nice. yeah you know kind of like almost like one of the this um There's a record called Six Volts that I really like, and uh, it's um, it kind of very similar, like recording to seems like uh, to maybe to like Harvest or something like that. Okay. It's very like raw, kind of natural sounding, kind of the opposite of what country is now. Yeah. uh, Which I just generally despise. um, Yeah. New new country, pop
0: country, whatever they want to call it. Every
1: every one of its like uh, grotesque iterations. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's not my. Not my cup of tea right there, yeah.
0: Yeah, for sure. Well, Evan, I want to thank you so much for being here, being on the show. I love talking, you know, songwriting and just, you know, the meanings of, of of the album and everything like that. Because I truly think that this is one of the best albums, rock albums of the year. And I think everybody here should at least, you know, who's watching this, give it a chance. Listen to it. Listen to one song. See if you like it. I mean, I, I wouldn't label it as like a Mumford & Sons style genre but if you kind of like mumford and sons or you know other bands like that maybe the black crows even uh if you like some of those bands you might like oh lonesome man and you know i'm not a huge black crows fan but i do like their music enough to be like you know what songs that are kind of like that i like them and same with mumford and sons like you know there's there's something about how you write the music and and put it all together that makes it incredibly enjoyable but also satisfying and visceral like you said like it's very it it makes you think and then also imagine what's going on so i appreciate your time and guys remember the powered by rock podcast is powered by our listeners if you want to show some support please be sure to subscribe and share the podcast on social media as well you can also make a donation to the podcast if you'd like Uh, it's not necessary but if you want to help us keep making awesome episodes with awesome guests go ahead and hit that link below this note is the show notes as well you can see the full video interview on YouTube as well as on Spotify now as well. If you want to check out some great articles, album reviews, I'm not going to say great. I mean, I wrote them, but they're pretty good. Uh, lists and interviews go they're to right. PowerByRock.com right. to read our absolutely free rocking blog. Also find our merch and gear so you can pick up some items to play and look like a rock legend. That's our show for today. We'll see you soon for the next episode. Until then, rock on.
1: so